You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Welcome, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Random Fit with myself, Wendy Batts, and here with my friend and co-host, as always, Ken Miller. Ken, how are you? Doing awesome, Wendy. How you doing? I am great. All right. Well, this week's topic, Ken and I, a couple... I don't even know, a couple months ago, talked about the differences between tennis and pickleball. And then as Ken and I do, we always do different types of research and found out lately that one of the increasing injury reports is from the sport of pickleball. So that is what we're going to be talking about today is how do you recover from pickleball injuries and hopefully provide you with ways to prevent them in the future? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was it's really I mean, interesting, the timing, Wendy, of it all. When you when you look at pickleball again, Sports Illustrated called it the fastest growing sport in the country. Um, but when uh, Forbes magazine came out with an article June of 2023 this year and talking about the increased costs for medical care due to injury. Um, and when you when you look at it all with the rising um popularity of of pickleball and then if you look at who is actually playing pickleball um those that are the age 55 and older and you know because of what's you know what's what's happened with the pandemic a lot of, a lot of people had put off um having non um non-emergency surgeries right but now that now that things are safer people are going back now they're electing to go back and take care of you know whatever the issues may be, foot, ankle, knee, hip. Now they're looking at okay, well, what's contributing to this rise in people actually having these surgeries? Well, you have the active aging, right? They're getting out more, realizing that health is important. They want to do something fun, that's something vital, get their get their health up, right? What better sport than something like pickleball? You know. It's not tennis. You don't have to cover as much area. It's fun. It's social. But now things start to happen to where you're looking at a third of of 22.3 million people that are playing pickleball. You know, they have the financial means. So now they're getting all these surgeries to take care of the issues that are caused by the thing that trying to make them healthy anyway. <laughs> so there was a little irony in, in reading this this article from Forbes, but it just gives light to the fact that, okay, pickleball is a sport, no matter who's playing it and all the physicality that is necessary needs to be addressed, right? You need to train everybody like an athlete when it comes to pickleball. Yeah. And I found going through some of the research as well from, you know, just to kind of recap what we talked about before and why this is growing so rapidly People are really enjoying it. And and if you guys missed it before, but pickleball is basically tennis, but in a smaller court, harder paddle, harder, louder ball, and you don't have to cover as much court. So seniors are becoming more and more involved in this sport. And they were saying from 2020 to 2023, there was over um, 113.1% increase in popularity, especially in seniors playing this. And when Ken was showing me these different articles about injuries, They're saying that when you're looking at seniors, a third of these populations that now are coming in with injuries um, that are becoming more and more active is because of pickleball. And so it's like, wait a minute, we definitely need to go over this. This is a super important topic. 
because some of the same injuries that you're seeing in common sports like tennis or overhead sports, such as baseball, softball, we're now starting to see more and more in our seniors and Medicare is like, Hey, wait, what's happening here. And that's when they started to look at what are these seniors doing and what are the injuries that we're seeing and why? Yeah. So pickleball as fun and, uh, you know, as enjoyable as it is, you can basically, you know, come off the couch, you know, do, you know, do your thing, get your paddle, get your equipment, round up some friends, get on the court and play, but you have to treat it like everything else. You don't just take a professional baseball player, take him off the couch and put him on the mound, right? If, if he's a pitcher. So, you know, why should pickleball be any different, even though it's, you know, they, it's seemingly low impact, but the thing about it, Wendy, is if change of direction, um, you know, that agility aspect, if you're going from a sedentary lifestyle or that's not what you do, maybe you were a runner, maybe you were a jogger, maybe everything you did was just going forward. But the second now you have to do something different, you have to task the body with a different skill, right? Mm -hmm. Able to change direction, stop decelerate, control, stabilize, and then change direction. And if you haven't been training that, then obviously things, if they don't have the structural integrity, if they can't handle that change of direction, that stop in motion, the acceleration, um, things are going to go beyond tissue tolerance, as we like to call it. But yeah, it's, it's the fact that so many people are getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And well, did you see the stat? Um, even in 2019, there was over 19,000 injuries just from pickleball. And 90% of those were for, for individuals that were 50% right. or older. So when you take that in consideration, and then I just told you what the increase was from 2020 to 2023, you can, you can tell why people are starting to say, okay, this needs to be a topic that we need to cover more because more people are getting involved. And, you know, looking at some of these injuries, Ken, to your point, with the different change of directions and moving and having fun, socializing has become a thing, especially in pickleball. But one of the injuries that I don't want to say it was the top injury, but one of the injuries that I saw a lot was pickleball elbow. And, you know, we've talked yeah. about tennis elbow and golf elbow, but now they have termed it pickleball elbow, which basically is if you guys think about it, it's the tendonitis that's within your elbow. And, you know, commonly known as tennis elbow, but they're not calling it that. I mean, it's, it's basically the same thing, but your lateral epicondylitis, like, so basically on the inside of your, your elbow, it starts to get inflamed in those tendons. And it, it takes a long time to recover for something like that. <laughs> People don't want to do it. <laughs> no. And, and the thing about the elbow, it's, it's, I mean, it's, you, you, everything you do, you know, if you're going to shampoo your hair, well, actually, if you're going to, you know, <laughs> wash the top of your some, I just use a little bit of shampoo. All right. You're, you're using your elbow. If you're reaching for something, you, you know, you're going into the cupboard, you're putting things down, you're picking things up. If I'm playing with my kid, your elbow does not get any rest, right? Mm -hmm. So it's easy now that if you've got a paddle, you're trying now you're just, you're taking the, the arm back, you're extending the arm, and then you're going through your swing arm straight, but then you eventually flex it. And then you do that and you're adding, if you want to add a little action into that hit, now you're rotating and you're deviating the, the, uh, the, the two bones in your, in your forearm. So if it's, if you got some stiffness in the shoulder and you're having to have to rotate in, you know, you're trying to pronate and supinate, just basically that's palms down, palm up, 
there's a lot, you know, and if you're a little stiff through the shoulder, a little stiff through those muscles that cross the elbow, yeah, those, those tissues, those soft tissues are going to get irritated. So, you know, don't be surprised that if you are, if you're somebody who's taking on pickleball and you're, and you actually do a lot of play in a short period of time, the body hasn't had the time to ramp up and acclimate to all the activity that you're doing, the body's going to say, Hey, you know what? I'm having fun. However, we need to slow it down. And when you talk about pickleball elbow, that's, that's, it's funny because it's, it's funny when somebody like, you know, you've seen it, Wendy, they, they pick up their arm and then they point right at that elbow and you're just like, okay, all right, we need to, we need to address how much you're playing, but what are you doing to get ready for it? Well, and when you're looking at this, of course, me, I'm like, well, what are some preventative ways that they're saying that's out there? <laughs> and you know, the easiest solution and what they're telling people to do, oh, if you've got pickleball elbow, just get a lighter paddle. I'm like, oh, that's simple, but it is a little bit more detailed, but that's usually it's a heavy paddle. You're not used to holding it. The grip is a little bit smaller. So you are oftentimes using muscles in a different way and then adding speed. So what I would tell you from a trainer standpoint would be to open up your chest. So really get a good chest stretch, maybe foam roll your lats because the lats also, um, you know, insert in the front of your shoulder and then stretch out your wrist, whether you put it flat on a table and lean forward or against a wall, um, really kind of going through and, and trying to get good length into that. And then, like you said, take it slow. You know, don't go play hours and hours on pickleball yeah. the first time you do it and don't hit it as hard as you can the first time you do it because harder is not always better, as they tell me in mm -hmm. tennis, even though sometimes I'm going to disagree. But um, if, you're, if you're having these issues, you need to rest it a little bit as well, because it does take, unfortunately, once you get any kind of tennis or pickleball elbow, it takes a little bit longer to recover because of the use like you were talking about. Right. And you're listening to both myself, Ken Miller, and Wendy Batts here on Random Fit. And we are talking about recovering from pickleball injuries. I guess we could say recovering from or actually preparing for pickleball um, just because of how many people play. I actually, Wendy, I don't know if it's just a reflection of how much older I'm getting, but I've got some friends that have come to me and said, dude, have you played pickleball? I know. Yeah. I get that a lot. <laughs> like, no, I'm still playing tennis, but now we have signs even in our, our neighborhood because we have done our courts up for pickleball that they're going to start the pickleball league. And, um, you know, I mean, it is, it is a growing sport. People love it. And for me, if it's getting people outdoors, it's getting them part of a team socializing and getting people moving. It's definitely a win sport, but you also want to take just as well as any sport precautions. And so we talked about tennis or pickleball elbow. Um, another one that you're seeing more and more of, and this is what we're, we're seeing when it comes to surgeries is wrist and hip fractures, which especially if we're right. thinking about the senior population of, you know, 50 years and older, we know that obviously bone density and things start to decline as we age. So therefore, if you're not training in different planes of motion, meaning forward, back and side to side and rotating, and then you fall when you're trying to get a ball or do something and lose your footing or lose your balance, it's a very hard court and a hard surface. And so we're seeing that if somebody tries to catch themselves, they're, they're breaking or fracturing the wrist. And again, then you're in a cast, you're going to be immobilized for a bit of time, depending on the break itself. And think yeah. of what all you do with your hands, which is pretty much everything. 
Um, and then, of course, the recovery um, from a hip fall or a hip fracture, we've seen such a decline in people's health and even mortality rates increase once you have broken a hip. So we definitely want to make sure that you go into outer strength, um, outer strength, uh, outer hip strengthening, such as tube walking or band walking side to side, bridging, really trying to get the glutes to activate and doing some opening of the front of the hip before you even start. All of that would be very, very important for you. Yep. And if if you've got the me, if you got the facility and you have the space, when you know what, Wendy, I've I've actually started, not started, but if I know that one of my clients is playing pick pickleball or they're picking it up, you know what? One of the things I'm having them do is it's actually teaching them how to fall. Right? Mm -hmm. There's fall prevention, but a lot of times if the fall is imminent, they have to know how to how to have their body interact with the ground. So a lot of times when you have those wrist injuries, it's them they're trying to stop the fall. But if you've all have all that mass that's coming down on that little tiny joint that we call the wrist, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not sometimes, but it is actually better to take the wrist out of the out of the picture, take it out of the equation and actually teach them how to tuck and roll. You know, so if in, stop, in drop case, and roll. stop, drop and roll, right? <laughs> you know, it's because, you know, it is like you said, it's it's a hard surface. If you lose your balance, you know, you say you're shuffling to the left and, you know, you, you trip on, you know, you, you kind of roll onto the outside of your foot. You don't catch yourself. You know, the, the natural instinct for a lot of people is to post that hand out and stop that that fall from happening. Like, like, yeah, I'm just going to put myself in a side plank and I'm going to. You know, and I'm not my body isn't going to hit the ground. If anything, you know, you have your rib cage, you have all, you know, all that, you know, you have your shoulders, you have your arms that, you know, if you just tuck under, you know, buckle at the hip and the knee and just kind of cradle yourself to the ground. If, if you learn and you learn how to do it and then you practice it, you know, and, and again, doing it, going to the left, doing it, going to the right. Um, of course, when I do it, you know, it's 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 a it's a graduated process, but getting people comfortable with being on the ground, if they're comfortable with being on the ground, they're going to be more comfortable learning how to get to the ground. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, the wrist and the hip thing, just because of the long term or the actually the magnitude of the effect of falling and having a hip break, it's like you said, the mortality goes up, you know, when there is that situation of of a hip break so getting people to not just do saq or what we call speed agility quickness you know being able to change direction that way you can increase your likelihood of a better sports performance obviously but also that the idea of falling is going to be less of a situation it's less it's never zero right but if you can control that factor you know do it add it into your workout program and if you are older and listening to our podcast today, um, and we're talking about obviously pickleball injuries, do balance training. Balance training is so important in everyday activities. When you're walking, you're on one foot. You spend a majority on your day one on one foot, especially if you're moving around. And you know, just little by little, I tell people when you're brushing your teeth, stand on one foot, be close to the counter if you feel like you're losing your balance. Try to think about keeping your abs in tight and standing up tall. And then, you know, you know that you've got some, some security there. And after 30 seconds, switch to the other side. And hopefully you're brushing your teeth about two minutes. And so you're doing that twice. And, you know, it's not taking anything out of your day. You're just adding on to something that you're already doing. And, um, you know, so we talked about, obviously, 
um, the importance of, of, of strength training and, and what happens at the wrist and the hips. We also talked about, you know, the elbow, but we can't also go up a little bit of the kinetic chain and think about the shoulder injury, uh, rotator cuff injuries. And while you think of, of pickleball, instead of doing an overhead serve like you would in tennis, when you're serving in pickleball, you're actually serving underhand. So rotator cuff injuries don't happen as much. However, because of the overuse of the shoulders and people having the forward head and rounded shoulders, this is something also that can occur. So everything that I said about bringing the shoulders back and stretching through the, the pec and through the neck and really trying to strengthen the back and have good alignment in that shoulder capsule is going to be super important as well. Right. And again, you, you brought it up already, Wendy, with with the, the latissimus dorsi that basically we look at that as a back muscle, but because of how it inserts into the upper arm, that's going to be one, one major muscle that, you know, if you can work on you know, foam rolling before you leave your house is what I usually tell my clients, you know, because who's going to be on the side of a pickleball court and, you know, getting on that foam roller uh, court side. You ever do that, Wendy, before you warm up for tennis? You like I do it at home. home and then yeah, my tennis yeah. court is right, like literally like a minute away. So yeah. I don't yeah. roll on the court, but I would, I yeah. absolutely would, because yeah. I know I need the extensibility because I try to kill it. Remember that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is one of those things that, you know, once you have a rotator cuff injury, it's not something that just lingers, you know, or just happens when you're on the court. And then when you step off the court, magically, it goes away. A lot of times, you know, when I'm working with somebody that has a shoulder injury and they are either tennis or pickleball, you know, it's like, yeah, it bothers me when I play. And then, you know, it'll be okay for the most part during the day. But if I'm trying to reach or lift or if I'm trying to get my workout in, that same shoulder issue will, you know, it'll affect me here too. So it this is an important um, area of the body because you have a lot of degrees of freedom, a lot of mobility. But again, as we've talked about in multiple podcasts, the more mobility you have, you sacrifice stability. So guess what we need to do is we need to work on stability and that will, that will, you know, it's, it, it might offset or decrease the chance of a rotator cuff injury. But uh, again, if it's something that's lingering, go see a medical professional about it. Um, make sure it's not something major or something you just power through, but you know, there are some strategies that can be done to help improve the integrity of, uh, the shoulder capsule. But again, when it, whenever the word injury is tagged onto any body part, go get it checked out, you know, just to make sure, you know, there's been plenty of times where it's, you know, it's like, eh, it's gotten better, but upon deeper research, if it hasn't resolved itself then get it, go ahead and get it checked out. Yeah. And then another fairly common one is the knee. And, you know, those of y'all that have listened to Ken and I talk, we, we discussed the importance of having good range of motion in the ankle and at the hip because the, the knee's stuck in the middle and it really kind of doesn't have a mind of its own. And basically the knee, if something is locked up at the, at the ankle or the hip, the knee is going to take the hit oftentimes, if not the actual area itself. And so one thing that I thought was actually pretty interesting was the increase of MCL injuries in pickleball. And, and so when you think about the MCL, it's actually the ligament that runs down the inside of your knee. 
and it, it helps with joint stability of that knee. And so when you're thinking about just turning or moving, we want to make sure that we have really a good alignment because therefore we're decreasing the stress and we're making sure that we still have, you know, good movement throughout the knee. But if you tweak it, it's going to take some time to recover. And so in order to avoid that, um, you're going to really want to focus on stretching your calves. So foam rolling your calves, the inside and in the middle and on the outside, outside, especially because that's usually where tightness happens um, and on the outside of your quad, but then also strengthening, making sure you have good strength on those, you know, around those muscles that protect the knee. So it's not just stretching because people just stretch their calves and then they move on and it's like, okay, I stretched my calves and now I'm ready to run. There's a lot of important muscles too, that just because you stretch the calves, you want to think about strengthening the front of your shins to keep good range of motion, but that can easily be avoided. But unfortunately we're seeing more and more of those injuries occur. Yeah. And the, the MCL is not something you want to mess with either. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, and you mentioned it already when it comes to the falling aspect, right. With the wrists and the hip. Well, when you do the balance training, that, that proprioceptive training to help, you know, your, your brain, your nervous system figure out, okay, where's my body and what does it need to do to be safe? Right. So balance training is one way of feeding those receptors, the information uh, that it needs to be able to hold the hips well. And if, if the, the hips have good structural integrity or receptive, proprioceptive um, um, activity, then if the hips are in a good position, the knee is in a good position. So just like you talked about with having mobility in the, in the calf and the foot and ankle, then, you know, the same goes for the hip above because one of the reasons why the MCL has all that stress is because generally it's it's collapsing in and the and the knee is coming basically in alignment wise with the foot it's coming inside uh, the the inner foot so from that vantage point good hip strength good hip stability is one way again if, even though we're not looking at the knee from that standpoint we are addressing what the knee needs uh you know by looking at what the hip can provide the knee again as you said Wendy a lot of people don't understand that the knee is subject to the whims and the ability of the hip and the foot and ankle to move if the hip and the ankle don't move well the knee is the one that's going to take the hit so mm -hmm. foot and ankle prepare that the hip prepare that and you're going to do what you can to help offset that rise in injury to that medial collateral ligament yeah. And, and it kind of brings us to one of the, the last ones that I know we're going to talk about, but you know, the Achilles tendon and the Achilles tendon guys is the tendon that's between your ankle and your calf. So that big, um, thick, uh, base uh, band that you're going to feel like above your heel, that's your Achilles tendon. And those actually blend up and make up your calf muscles. And so if your calves are tight and most people have like tight calves and it's not because they're running or they're, you know, doing some sort of exercise. It could be that you wear a small heel in your shoe. So ladies, if you're wearing high heels, your calves are probably really tight. Men, if you're wearing dress shoes, your calves are probably really tight. You know, if you're, if you are very active and you notice that when you're standing, you're more comfortable with your feet slightly turning out, it's an indication that your calves are very tight. And what that does is that decreases the range of motion at your ankle. And so when you go and do something explosive, if you don't have proper range of motion, it's putting excess stress on that tendon with muscles that are like basically really strong that can easily cause 
that tendon to give. You'll hear people say, oh, I, I fully torn my Achilles tendon, which is terrible because then the calf muscle rides up into the top of your knee. Um, and, and you'll see that happen a lot sometimes in basketball and, um, or you'll have a slight tear and the recovery time is a long time because you've got to think it's repairing a tendon and then also too. So there's not a lot of blood flow into that area. So it takes a little longer for it to heal. And that's one you definitely don't want to mess with, but it's an easy way to quote, warm it up, if you will. And when I say warm it up, we're not warming up necessarily the tendon, but we're getting the muscles and proper length. So therefore it's not pulling as much on that tendon leading to some of these injuries. And like I said, foam roll it, start, start from the bottom and work their way up. It seems like a pattern of what we talk about every single week, Ken, but yeah. foam rolling muscles that are tight, really going through and stretching for 20 to 30 seconds and your calves, your hips, you know, um, your pecs, your lats, and then strengthening, you know, going through and doing exercises that are going to be really focused on, especially your glutes, you know, your mid to, to lower back to right, help the positioning of your shoulders, you know, think about your head positioning. If you can do that, you're just going to help yourself each and every time with avoiding some of these injuries, but then ensuring that your body is prepared for a game that as we're seeing is on the um, on the rise for injuries to, to happen. Right. And I mean, overall, you know, and, and think about the active aging, you know, one of the things that I discuss with my, my older group, uh, you know, 65 and up is, you know, I've said this a million times, Wendy, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, but for every, for every decade that you are on this earth, you want to spend that percentage of time on mobility right? Not just flexibility, but mobility going through range of motion. So meaning if I, you know, I have, I had one of my clients, you know, he just turned 70. So, you know, he's an active guy, likes to bike, ride, golf, pickleball. But, you know, my message to him is like, you 70 years old, you have, you know, try to spend at least 70% of your workout on mobility and I was and mobility, through the foot and ankle mobility, through the hip mobility, through the shoulders. So, so because he's playing pickleball a little bit more frequently now, because now he has people calling him, Hey, are you, are you available at three o'clock? Are you available at seven o'clock? What are you doing Saturday? Um, he's, he's doing more and more. And with that volume, he's got to spend more and more time getting his body ready, not just before the, not just before his workouts and what he does to prepare to, to be active, but his warm-up time, right? Just because of all the things that he has to address for him to feel the best he can on the court. So warming up is has been, uh, you know, a, a very very vital piece um, in getting ready for pickleball. And you know, the thing about it, Wendy, is like he leaves the court and he feels great, he had a good time, and even the next day, compared to some of his friends who don't warm up, who might feel that stiffness, you know, in the shoulder, in the hips, in the foot and ankle, but then. They go on the court again the next time feeling that same way, which is, you know, it's not going to bode well for them in the long term, but just a testament to proper movement preparation before pickleball. Yeah. Well, I'm excited yeah. that, well, I don't want to say I'm excited because it's not like I'm excited to talk about injuries, but I was, <laughs> I was glad that we had just on a whim decided to do what is pickleball and what's the difference. And then now we're seeing okay, obviously this is here to stay. And now we're seeing some injuries occurring that we know are preventable. Yeah. Hopefully we're, 
getting inside your head. If you're playing pickleball, warm up properly. These are the common injuries you're going to see. And in order to avoid them, take precaution and make sure that you always have good footwear. That's always really important. Make sure that you're dressed appropriately. You hydrate throughout your game. Yep. You're eating right. You know, foam roll, stretch, work out those muscles that you know you're going to use. And I think at that point, you're going to be able to have a long lasting pickleball career right. uh, with the chances of getting hurt or without, yeah. with, while decreasing the chances of getting hurt. <laughs> Yeah, you're an athlete, right? You, the second you put a, that racket in your hand, you're an athlete. Of course. Uh, you're, you're, you wake up in the morning, you're an athlete. Uh, <laughs> it like it's that. a win when you wake up in the morning. Step yeah, one, you, you walk you up win, yeah, the day. Just put, put the feet on the floor and then, yeah. all right. <laughs> all right, Wendy. Hey, another great episode with you um, on this uh, episode of Random Fit, talking about pickleball injuries. So for those of you listening to us again here on Random Fit, thank you so much for taking your time and listening to what we have to say about our, our subject. Um, but if there's something else that you'd like for us to talk about and address on Random Fit, like, follow, subscribe, and here you go, comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, and, and definitely share. If there's other things that you think your friends, family, uh, work, workmates, I guess, uh, want to, you think they, they can benefit from us talking about, let us know. So until next time, everybody take care and be well.